Good morning. Beautiful insight from the parsha. It's uh, w- one of one of my favorites. Um, in the end of the parsha, the whole last section discusses the donations that the nasi of each shevet brought towards the dedication of the mishkan. Chanukah samizbeach. Um, it's the nasi. So we say at the beginning of Nisan, because the Rosh Nisan is when they put up the Mishkan, and then every day after, we read another Nasi, because that's when they dedicated it. Um, so they, um, what's interesting is, is they each brought an identical um, donation. They each brought the same exact animal, the same exact wagon, the same exact, they brought the same everything. And that's a separate discussion about why, I think we discussed it then, why does it, um, uh, what, what's the point of each of them bringing the exact same thing? And the, the fact that the Torah mentions each, um, each one again, the Torah could have just said the first one and said all the other ones did the same. Um, about the same exact thing? Same exact, we read it, right? We read, we read, we read, we say the same words every day. <laughs> yeah, illiterate, it's the same words. Same exact thing. They, they brought to each a certain amount, of, a certain animals, certain people. We're going to discuss one thing today. So one of the things that they brought, accumulative from all of them together, there were 12 tribes, accumulative from all of them together, they brought six wagons. Okay? What were these six wagons used for? These six wagons were used to transport the Mishkan. To transport the Mishkan from one place to another place when they were traveling in the desert. Each place they went to, they needed something to carry the Mishkan. We discussed this yesterday, how um, the Kahas, his family, carried all the kalim of the Mishkan, but they carried it by hand, right? The Aaron, the Shulchan, the Menorah, they carried it by hand. It wasn't, it was pure, strictly by hand. But the rest of the Mishkan, the structure of it, the beams, the curtains, all of the, the entire structure of the Mishkan um, was carried on wagons. It was the jobs of the, of the Levim, of Gershon and Mari, to oversee it, but it was actually carried by the wagons. Where do these wagons come from? They were donated by the Nesim of the tribes. Now, there's a whole discussion in the Gemara describing how this looked. And it's, it's almost ironic, and people, many people don't dwell on the question, and the Rebbe dwells on it. A very simple and basic question. Elementary, as they would say. Elementary question. Where um, there were six wagons. The Gemara goes through the measurements of these wagons, and the Gemara basically concludes that it was... Very, very um, small space to the point where there was barely any space to really properly fit all the beams and all the curtains. To the point that the Leviim, it says, were running alongside the wagons, making sure that nothing fell off. Because it was so, they were so packed, so packed. Now we have trunks, the cars have covers. I guess the wagons didn't really have proper covers. But the point is that it was so, they were so um, cramped on the wagons, they literally needed people to run alongside the wagons to make sure that nothing would fall off, the beams, um, etc. Now, what's, I mean, it would seem that they were very stingy, so to speak, on the amount of wagons that were donated. And if you look at it, it was six wagons. How many wagons did each shevet donate? Why do we have the wagons? We six the wagons, twelve. How, does, how many wagons did each shevet donate? A half a wagon. Whatever they couldn't each donate a full wagon? We love to try it. What? All the cash and gold, those wagons have plenty of storage. Exactly. They had plenty of... They, 
So, the bigger question is that we know when it came to the rest of the Mishkan, the base of in general, they didn't compromise on any material. They used the best materials, the precious stones, the gold, silver, copper. And exactly. And here it comes to wagons. How are they going to get anything in the desert? They didn't. They didn't uh, hold back on any on any material. It says they brought and there was too much. There wasn't more to donate because there was too much being brought. But the question is obvious. Six wagons. Each shaver donated a half a wagon. They couldn't donate a full wagon, two wagons, and make it easier to carry. There couldn't have been more space. And uh, still, they could have donated uh, each three wagons. There were one and a half. So there was. I mean, it could have been done in many other ways that it shouldn't have been such a, such a situation. And clearly, it's, it's obviously a bedavka. It's obviously precise that it happened in this way. There was an actual reason why it needed to be in this specific way, that they should each donate a half a wagon, leading to the scenario where there was barely any space and they had to run alongside it to make sure nothing would fall off, etc. So without elaborating more on that, let's get straight to the explanation. What was going on here? What's the message? And um, the Rebbe goes into a beautiful discussion um, describing um, the way Kedusha works, the way holiness works, and the way Hashem created the world altogether. That we, um, we very often, we deal with so many different things in, in life. We deal with things which seem to be important, and we deal with things that seem to be insignificant. And um, the, we know the concept of Ashgacha Pratis exists. The Rebbe once gave an example from a, from a balabasta, from a, from a woman um, in, in charge of a house, uh, the woman of the house, that uh, um, a, a, a good balabasta knows everything has its place. There's nothing in the house that's just sitting around. And if something's just sitting around, it bothers them to the point where they go crazy. Um, they need everything to have a specific place, and if it doesn't, they chuck it. And everything has to serve a purpose. And the, um, so the Rebbe explains that when the, Hashem created the world with a purpose. And when the purpose means not just that as a whole, yeah, the Jewish nation is here for a purpose. Um, the, the general world is here to serve a purpose. No, it's down to every single detail. Every single detail in space. Every single detail in objects and materials that exist. And even to every second in time, every moment that a person, that Hashem gives a person life in this world to live another moment is with a purpose. And loy barak That's the expression from the Chazal. That Hashem did not create anything without purpose. Everything has a purpose. And if that's how it is in the world at large, how much more so is this how it is in Hashem's home in the holiest place, and the place that was created for Hashem, which is the Mishkan, that there could not have been anything which was outside of the purpose of the Beis HaMikdash. There could not have been anything which did, wasn't used and did not become holy. And there's a whole halacha which, with the way certain uh, utensils in the Mishkan, and the Beis HaMikdash, were made holy. They were made holy once they were full. They need to be filled up to, to be made holy. To say, um, I forget the exact details, it's just that concept. Um, but... The, the idea here is that if there was anything that was left not without a use, not without a specific use, it would, so to speak, mean that there's something existing here without a purpose. There could not have been anything left without being used for a specific purpose. And because of that, this basically answers the question. This is why it wasn't that they were being stingy. 
And yes, they were very, they, they, they used the most precious materials. But every material that was used, every inch of space was measured. Right? Hashem didn't just say build a menorah. It had a specific measurement. Hashem didn't just say build a arm. It had a very, very exact measurement. And everything had, was so precise because there could not have been even one extra space that was not there for a purpose. And it was because of that that when the, when the Nassim donated their wagons, it had to be in a way that every, every inch in the wagon was used. That if there was, and to the point where the Levim needed to be used, so to speak, you would think that um, you have cargo to bring, you got a huge um, thing to transport it, in a way that you shouldn't have to deal with it, you shouldn't have to think about it. You know, you reach your destination, it's there, right? You, you send the car, you send the cargo. Um, by the Bay of Mishkan, it wasn't like that. Hashem, it was the job of the Levim to do it. So it wasn't in a way that they should take the wagons, get a huge wagon with space, all you need is the animals and the person directing the animals, and it's taken care of. No, Hashem wanted the Levim to be a part of it. It was their job to carry it. The wagon was just to make it easier for them, so to speak. So therefore, if, they wouldn't, if it would have been done in a way that Levim did not have to take a part in it, it would, so to speak, be, with, they would be without purpose. Their job was, and their purpose was, to transport and carry the Mishkan. And this teaches us something very deep. The Rebbe even takes it, you can listen to the recording. One, one time the Rebbe spoke about it, it was on the Shabbos, the other time it was on the weekday. On the weekday, you can listen to the recording. The Rebbe gives this example, it's fascinating to hear. The Rebbe says that a person may come and say that I'm using every minute of my day for, with a, for a purpose. And the Rebbe says it could be 23 hours, 59 minutes. The person says I'm using with a purpose. And one minute, one minute, okay, I don't have a purpose for it. Or let me breathe, let me have a break. And, um, and he says that that one, that, that one minute, um, leaving it without a purpose, is, um, is basically saying that there's one minute which is outside of Hashem, one minute which is outside of only one minute which is here for no reason, which is, which is just meaningless and pointless. And like we said, that every single detail that exists in the world, every single moment that Hashem allows a person to live is for a reason, for a purpose, and it's... it's, it's it can seem difficult, and it is difficult. It can seem um, uh, very demanding, but it's very empowering and very meaningful to realize that yes, anything, any place you are, any person you're with, any moment you have, you, can't, you could find a purpose for it. And not, because there is a purpose for it. Otherwise, Hashem would not have allowed it, so to speak. There is a purpose for it. And if we don't find a purpose, okay, we need to find a, mo- a purpose for the next moment. We can't um, drive ourselves nuts about the past. But the point is, in the future, we need to look and find a purpose for every single thing we use, every single um, person we meet, every single place we are. There is a reason and a purpose for it. Um, and uh, here's a beautiful story that I never verified. I once read it in this book. And it's a fascinating story. And I'm sure it happened. There's something to this effect happened where there was once a family traveling, a family going on a vacation, and they came to ask the Rebbe for a bracha. And when they came to ask the Rebbe for a bracha, the Rebbe told them that, that you're going to be in this and this place. When you come there, there's a certain person there that I want you to see and meet and do this and this with them. I forget exactly what. Um, and they, they walked out, and I think they met one of the Rebbe's secretaries, and they, um, they walked out blown away. And he asked them why you, what was so mind-boggling about your meeting. And they said that we were planning a vacation. <laughs> we were planning to go and enjoy ourselves. And here the Rebbe turned our vacation into, into, uh, into a reason. Like you think you're going there to enjoy yourselves. There's a person there that you're supposed to meet, that you're supposed to see. And which is why, which you think you're going there for your reasons. You're going there to fulfill a certain mission. 
Um, yeah, so so it, it reminds us that whether whether we realize it or not, everything has a purpose, everything has a meaning, because it's all part of Hashem's world, all part of Hashem's plan, and it's up to us to really find that purpose, find that meaning in everything. Oh, yeah. So you have to all meet him and just to see how you react. <laughs>